Hey everybody, it is episode 15 of uh, Aaron and Patricia. My name is Aaron. My name is Patricia. Hey. And so, um, yeah, it's just it's uh, another one of those uh, crazy weeks uh, that we've basically gone through. And, uh, you know, we'll be talking about a lot of uh, what's happened over the last uh, couple of days or so. Um, if you want to check me out on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show. And uh, Twitter is at Aaron Meta Show. Uh, AaronMeta.tumblr.com if you want to ask me a question there. And Instagram is also at Aaron Meta Show as well, even though I've not posted a picture in a good life. goodness of a long way while but uh yeah well anyway we'll continue on uh, patricia do you want to tell everybody what's going on in the old school lane podcast yeah sure um you know stuff is being posted on anchor um monday's casual chats tuesdays were in between um good news is is that we caught up with every single episode of picks mix for wednesdays so um thanks to aaron's blessings every wednesdays from this point on Aaron and Patricia is going to be replacing Picks Mix for the foreseeable future. Thursdays will still be Dream Machine, and Fridays will still be the Old School Lane interviews. And uh, speaking of which, uh, on Friday, I posted up a new episode of that with um, Ryan James and Jeff McIntyre from the online uh, series called The Quarantine Bunch. And uh, also in the mix-up is Melissa Disney, whom we've had on the show before. Uh, that's going to be coming up tonight, as of the recording of this uh, podcast. It's going to be premiering on YouTube. And uh, right now on Anchor is a new episode of Casual Chats where Remington and I, we, we discussed about Dora and the Lost City of Gold, the 2019 Nickelodeon movie based off of Dora the Explorer. Mm-hmm. Yes. it's um, And it's one of those movies I've not yet seen. So, I mean, like anyone who's uh, gone over there and uh, watched the... Uh that review um kind of leave me out of it because uh, i'm still yet to uh, actually kind of experience tour of the explorer for myself so uh yep yeah, it's one of those where i'm still yet to uh, kind of catch up with things so yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah. so um moving on i just want to let everybody know that uh, aaron and patricia will be also on the old school lane um anchor app as well but also just let you guys know that aaron and patricia at one point in some and i know i keep teasing this every single week it will get its own feed at some point and then we will continue on with the aaron meta show but uh, just for the meantime uh, aaron and patricia is still going to stay here and uh, so eventually we will uh, get to the point where aaron and patricia will be its own thing and uh, the aaron meta show will appear in another way or form so cool um let's get on with the show uh coming up today um by the way we're just gonna just uh, kind of get this all through um pretty much rather than give you a rundown because there is a lot to get through so we'll just uh, start off with the first thing so um there the black lives matter protests are continuing to go and uh, this thing is is not gonna die by any stretch of the imagination i mean the conditions on the ground just don't permit it i mean like uh we still got rampant unemployment. Uh, we still got people who feel that there's a racial injustice out there and uh, are going to continue to keep going out, uh, if not on a daily basis, then on a weekly basis at least. I mean, there's going to be another uh, massive demonstration coming up on this Saturday. And so, uh, but uh, a major thing happened over the weekend, which uh, took place in the city of Bristol in the United Kingdom, and that is that uh, the statue of a slave owner or a slave trader known as Edward Colston. Um, who he had, he had a statue that was uh, sat in the middle of uh, Bristol for the last 125 years, is now gone. And uh, it was uh, removed by a group of protesters, and uh, the police decided that it was not a good idea, as, in, as we've seen in various examples going up across America and across uh, the United Kingdom and in various other places as well, that it would not be a good idea at this point to intervene. 
which mm-hmm. I think, in my opinion, was a very good move. And so they decided to uh, do what they've been, I think, threatening to do for like the last 20 years when this debate started off. And let me give you people some background on this, because there's been petitions, there's been um, request after request after request after request after request to have this debate. And it's just never followed through. And to me, the fact that we are now at this position, to me, feels like there is a massive failure somewhere in the system of local democracy when something that has been largely requested for a very long time and something that has been uh, massively debated no this is my way this isn't just some local uh, debate that this was gonna that this uh, encapsulated in this is something that's been discussed on the BBC it's something that's mm-hmm. been discussed on various other uh, uh, media outlets it's something that's been discussed on social media as well it's, it's, it's like this this thing what we're talking about here is not a secret by any, any stretch right. of the imagination. So, um, this thing's been going on for at least two decades, uh, at the least. And so, wow. um, they finally took it amongst themselves. It was. Um, it now comes down to uh, Black Lives Matter. And now, after this has happened in Bristol, um, they decided that they were going to take matters into their own hands. Um, the police decided not to intervene, and what we ended up was, was that Edward Coulson is now no longer on his, pl- on his pliff, He's been, he was roped along Saddam Hussein style, may I say. Um, and he was basically pulled down by the protesters and he is now no longer in the middle of the square. Right. So now you think it would stop at that, wouldn't you? But uh, no, um, it it continued. Um, They dragged him down the street. And so they, he basically, they, they smashed up the statue uh, to beyond uh, where pieces were falling off and uh, there was just um, destruction uh, across the um, uh, ac- across this statue from uh, being sprayed to being uh, someone knelt on it uh, in the in the way that George Floyd was knelt on by that uh, by that uh, by the police officer and uh, then uh, they did all sorts of damage to it and they dragged it down the streets and uh, and then you would think it would stop there, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. You think it would stop there? No. Um, as we all know, with the history of Edward Coulson, that during the time when he was a slave trader, any slaves that were either dead or ill or just uh, were not complying, if you will, with uh, their status of being a slave at that time, uh, they decided to throw about 19,000 of them off into the, into the sea. And keep this in mind, none of them learned how to swim, so they all drowned or died at sea. Uh, this. There's a memorial for it, uh, actually, underneath the, uh, on the seabed, for all the people who were uh, thrown thrown overboard in the slave trade. So, mm-hmm. they decided that uh, it was time to get their own back, and not only did they throw him off his, off the, off the statue, um, of the statue, uh, base, and not only did they drag him down the street and destroy the statue, but they f- f- finished it off with, I think, the, I guess you could say is the ultimate comeuppance, and that was that they dragged him up to the harbor and threw him overboard and threw him into, wow. the, and threw him into the sea. Mm. So he's, he's now, he's pretty much now becoming a, uh, a fish habitat uh, at the bottom of Bristol Harbor at the moment. And so, um, and that is basically, that was it. And so a lot of people were pretty joyful at the moment that they finally saw the end of the glorification of a slave trader. Wow. So, 
Um, the Home Secretary decided that she was not very impressed with what happened. And uh, she has said that uh, prosecution should take place for the people who pulled down the statue. And uh, But for me, I think it's just kind of like, that's uh, totally the wrong focus here, in my opinion. I think what you need to be focusing on is here, how has it got to the point where local democracy failed so badly that a racist statue was able to stand in the middle of uh, a multicultural society like Bristol for 125 years and go unchallenged. Hmm. Maybe they didn't really think of it. Maybe it's like, oh, you know, it, it's there because of tradition. Well, it, because it's, it, it's, it, it, they thought about it. And like, well, you can't really say it's tradition. I mean, like, it's if that's tradition, like, well, would you put a statue of a, of a grand wizard of the KKK up there? Like, would you? Um, would, I would mean, you? I don't know. I know, I mean, like, like just... I, I trust me. I'm like, you know, as somebody who lives in the South, you know, we yeah, we tend to have some statues that are quite controversial today, and you know, a lot of them have been taken down. Thank goodness. But and, yeah, and, I mean, and they like, continue they... to be taken down as well. We don't even got to uh, see America at this point. But uh, just uh, let me finish my point, and that is that. Um, I mean, here's the thing about this, like, somewhere down the line, something has desperately gone wrong, where something very shameful and very terrible has managed to basically stay in the middle of a city for a very long time, and yes, it could be the fact that nobody has, uh, has really brought it up and maybe not talked about it, but I think the core question of that is, uh, that can't be really true, if there's positions that have been signed, if they're, if the local government has been aware of this for quite some time, if, if there's been so much talk about this for uh, quite a while, and nothing was done about it until, you know, a deadly virus came down, and then all of a sudden it came to the point where police did not see it fit to finally get involved and no one else was uh, willing to stop them either like it's just it's and it got to the point where people just got so fed up that they took matters into their own hands and now he's at the, now he's gone from uh, you know the center of it not the really the center of attention but the center of a, of a of a town to the bottom of a harbor like and uh, something seriously has gone wrong here i think in mm -hmm. regards to how um, this is taking place, and the way I would be uh, aiming my, um, uh, at least my thought processes at this point would be, what is, how has it got to that point where people have now, and this is the thing about this, if, uh, if, if government and democracy and the systems that we have, and here's the thing about this, they, this isn't just about this statue, it's about a lot of things all over this country, and a lot of, you know, when local government is uh, starting to is starting to f fail its people, and is starting to not really um, address major issues. Then you're going to get situations where people are going to start taking things into their own hands. I mean, look at the uh, look at the animal animal rights protests that yep. have, that have that have taken place. I mean, like uh, also the uh, the direct action that some people have been taking as well. You know, like it's just it's um it's got to the point well, where I mean, like you you've you've seen what's been happening. It's like you know they keep saying to their congressmen or to the government or something like that. It's like, hey, you know, we want to see action, and they tend to ignore it, and now they're taking things into their own hands because they want to see results. I know, and they want to see it fast, and it just doesn't happen. And so it, people get frustrated, and then all of a sudden we get situations like this, and I can see everybody. It's not going to get any better if, uh, if if governments if politicians continue to bury their heads in the sand about issues that really care a lot about a lot about people and things mm -hmm. like that. I mean, like, uh, uh, the, yeah, there's there should be an inquiry of why this happened, why it came to this point, and 
why? I mean, obviously there's going to be, I mean, if, if the Home Secretary says that people should be prosecuted over this, I think it's uh, tone deaf. In in my opinion, in in regards to this, like uh, this was a this was a statue of a guy who murdered nineteen thousand people. Just think about that for a second. You know, just mm-hmm. do, like uh, that. That's how did we get to that point? And you know, the the, the, <sighs> and this is the thing about this. People have been saying that Pretty Patel, the way that she's reacted to this, is like, oh hey, that's that makes her a future prime minister in waiting. Does it fuck? You know, like uh, Pretty Patel. I mean, I don't know if anyone's seen this recently, but uh, here's the Guardian. You know, the the Guardian is a left-wing newspaper. Um, They recently uh, did a cartoon portraying Pretty Patel with uh, as someone who has a weight problem and so so like a a very obese uh, caricature with a nose ring, a bull nose ring through her through her nose. By the way, she's of Indian descent, so in a way that's really offensive to to someone like that. And also to, to portray it as like a bull, and so that there was that that was done. And so, uh, you think about this for a second. This is the Guardian. This is like a, a left-wing newspaper, and this is the way that they treat someone of Indian descent in our country. One in Catton Hell's chance makes you think that she stands a chance of being prime minister in this country with that much prejudice. You know, uh, from the, I would say, the side of politics in the United Kingdom, which would you think would be somewhat openly tolerant to people uh, of, of of minorities in this. And let me say for this, if she doesn't stand a chance in The Guardian in regards to being, uh, you know, being taken seriously as a politician or as prime ministerial material, what do you think the writer going to say about it? What do you think they're going to do? They, they, they bray and they cheer and everything like that behind her. But I guarantee you when all of that stops, you know, I bet you behind the, behind the Pretty Patel's back, I guarantee you they're probably saying, you know, yeah, um, that P word. You know, like, uh, what is she, you know, like, uh, she, she shouldn't be where she is. You know, she's only there because, you know, she's just there as window dressing for the, for the Prime Minister who, uh, you know, Boris Johnson, Bojo the Clown, who's really running things back backstage. You know, like, I, I, I guarantee you that's, uh, I mean, uh, that's my opinion of basically how this whole government is working in regards to that. I mean, you, you see the press conferences when Boris Johnson there, he's uh, hushing up uh, doctors, you know, the, the, the real uh, experts in helping us get over this coronavirus uh, p- uh, pandemic. And uh, he's, you know, obviously controlling things behind the shit, behind the scenes in regards to that. And so... It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if that's where, where what people really think of Pretty Patel in regards to this. You know, there is a... And this is the reason why we still have these protests, and that's the reason why Black Lives Matter is now becoming a thing. Because we know that there is a massive problem with racism in society. And anything mm-hmm. that's, that I've just said is only the tip of the iceberg of all of this. You know, there's still plenty more to go in, in regards to exposing how terrible things actually are. Mm. So. <sighs> yeah. Well, um, I, I think that, um, you know, again, I think that we just have a long way to go with where we need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, moving back stateside, because uh, I already know about Britain a bit too much from the minute. But uh, so um, you see what happened with the White House um, over the last couple of days. So, uh, you know, Bunker Boy decides that he's not safe enough. 
So he's now erected a eight foot fence, nice black fence um, around the perimeter of the uh, of the White House. And mm-hmm. so he's obviously decided that's no longer going to be um, this, uh, this area that's in front of there is uh, he's going to try and keep the protesters away from where he is. So he doesn't have to go into his bunker again, I guess. But um, yeah, it's just it's um, it's just amazing. Like uh, we're sitting there, like uh, yeah, hey, he's gonna build this wall. And by the way, didn't I say that this wall was gonna be some kind of like you know garden fence? And it it didn't even reach the border. It's around his house. <laughs> oh my god! Like it's just it's um, yeah, he's just he's 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 this guy saying that like, he's gonna be winning, and here he is failing. You know, it's just it's uh. It's incredible watching it all just kind of all fall apart for this guy. And uh, yeah. I, I said this from the start, you know, I said this this presidency is going to be a shit show. And oh my goodness, isn't it? You know, like uh, you've got um, uh, now Black Lives Matter Plaza is now a thing in, yeah, uh, in front I of the White that. House. Yeah, but mind you, I think uh, a lot of them were saying, you know, maybe dealing with the police, I think will probably be a lot better than renaming streets, which I, I pretty much didn't agree with as well. Uh, but... Uh, um, also, as well, um, you've got, at one point, Donald Trump threatening to send the military out to these people, and uh, yes. the, the governors and pretty much every single, you know, former general or former, you know, military analyst decided, no, that's not the way to go, you should not do this, and uh, I think eventually, I think he did back down on that threat. You know, this, this is supposed to be his one opportunity to calm the people down, to say, you know, let's put all of our differences aside. Let's see if we can work on the problem. Let's see if we can be able to um, eradicate this once and for all. But well, no, nope. well, the, the rumor going around is that he's actually thinking of doing that. So, um, oh, he, oh, now he's doing it. I mean, how long has it been since this started? Like almost 10 days ago? Well, two weeks ago, actually, since George Floyd actually got killed. So it was, well, mind you, oh. it's been going on a lot longer than that. Remember when, uh, mind you, it's, um, this is something that uh, should have been addressed probably during the Obama years. You know, like, uh, you know, Obama's not, 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 you know, isn't innocent in all of this. You know, Black Lives Matter started under his administration. And mind you, like, uh, it's, um, it, it, racism got pretty much far worse. Uh, I think under under Bush, I think as well. But uh, I mean, not saying it's as bad as like you know the, uh, the the civil rights movement or anything like that. Of course not. But uh, you know, race relations in this country have uh, have not really got to the point where people feel confident about uh, you know American society at the point at this point, and whether they feel confident about it or not. So um, there's there's that aspect of it too. But um, it's just uh, Donald Trump needs to do something because he's in trouble. Uh, at this very present time, polls are now pointing to the point of the fact that uh, he's now he's now seven points behind Biden in uh, the presidential election. Mm-hmm. Keep this in mind. He's uh, he's in trouble, and keep this in mind. He's not the greatest uh, articulator of our time either. I mean, like uh, he's going to go to the debates. He's going to suffer in that. Uh, Biden's going to keep you know bouncing in the polls because of that. I mean, don't get me wrong, he Biden's got plenty of ways of screwing it up and I still believe Trump's going to win in in November. You know, uh by some kind of uh at this point, I'm kind of like I don't know whether it's going to be like, you know, legitimately like Biden's going to throw away this election or if it's going to be that somehow Donald Trump's just going to pull something spectacular out of the hat and all of a sudden that's going to win all the states that he needs to, you know, just marginally get the best over Joe Biden, but he'd still lose the popular vote and he'd still say that the election was rigged, even though he won. Like the last time he won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, well, here's the thing. Like, I mean, Texas had just picked up the votes about, how, you know, who was uh, ahead. And Trump was ahead by five points. And, and everybody was like saying, Texas, what is wrong with you? Same thing with Indiana, where Indiana was hugely supportive over Trump. Again, they're asking, like, really, Indiana, really, Texas, really, like, all the other country, I mean, states that have been, you know, voting over for, you know, saying, like, oh, we're going to vote over for Trump again in November. And they're like, after everything that he's done or has not done, you're you're going to go into this direction? And they're like, yes, because, I mean, it, it, there, was even, there was even a hashtag on Twitter that happened two days ago that said, uh, hashtag Trump 2020 now more than ever. So, well, yeah. you, you know why that is, is because um, many of the um, uh, many of these states, you know, like uh, you're talking about, like you know, the suburban, you know, uh, the 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 suburban white woman, you know, uh, uh, demographic, if you will. Like, I mean, Trump, unfortunately, has quite a lot of that locked down. So you've got a lot of people out there who just aren't aware of racial issues, who aren't aware of. Uh, some of the problems that uh, you know you and I talk about, in, 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 in I Black mean that's true. I mean, if like you remember that. that, if you remember a few years ago on the Araminta show when I talked to you about that article that I read about a very very small town in around New England that you know they they believed in a certain way. They're very traditional. You know, if you don't follow into this, then you're the outsider. And you know, they voted for Trump. They're very religious, and uh, they will not. Uh, they will, you know, they're like that typical American suburban neighborhood that everybody knows each other and, you know, they all that kind of stuff. But, you know, here's the thing, like they don't take to minorities very well. And uh, anything that is like outside of what Trump thinks, they, they are the bad guy. Exactly. They are yeah. un-American. Yeah. So they are the, they are the, yeah, it's, uh, there are those people, there's, uh, neighborhoods out there. Unfortunately, that just, uh, I mean, there's, there's probably, probably places in America where you've never seen a black person. Uh, I probably imagine. So, yeah. like, uh, it's um, unfortunately like uh, the, these areas, and uh, and some of that as well. Like, you know, a lot of this falls on the Democrats too. You know, like uh, the fact that they seem to have. Uh, I mean, they lost the Rust Belt states pretty badly in 2016. Not like they couldn't lose them again. I mean, like, um, it's uh, well. Here's the thing: there's a, there's a huge difference between 2016 and 2020. You see, with 2016, you know, there was like hopes for a change. It's I, I even mentioned this last week. That when the Republicans were demolished by the 2008 uh, election and the 2012 election, they had no idea what to do. They thought that Trump was going to be the one to bring back the gloriness of the Republicans that had been around for, you know, since the Bush years. And they wanted that back. And the fact that there was all these changes and that, you know, the minorities were voting more than ever and that, you know, they were being all over the place. It's like, you know, people who were of white descent, they felt like you know, their time was over. And so that's why when Trump was elected, that's why there were so many of those like white national meetings and parties and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, they, they were threatened. They felt threatened that their livelihood was going to be gone. Yeah. And so that's why they went the, the direction that well, they did. It wasn't just that. It was just the fact that uh, a lot of people did not like Hillary Clinton. And uh, I said from the get-go that Hillary Clinton was going to be a, a very hard sell for the American people. And uh, lo and behold, would you be surprised? She was. Like, you know, like, uh, hey, you know, somebody who actually decided that the Iraq war was actually a good idea. It was not a very popular president. Uh, who would have thunk it? 
you know? Hmm. Just, it's like, um, yeah. So, like, Hillary Clinton represented the the center-right of the Democratic Party, which was just in massive decline at that time. And so, and still is today. Like, I still can't believe, you know, we're still talking about Joe Biden being the, the, the candidate for the Democratic... And by the way, he's actually been the, he's actually been declared now the official Democratic uh, uh, presidential candidate for the election. He's won. So yeah, like, uh, yeah. Let, let's let's be honest. It's not like none of the others have tried. They have Andrew Yang, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. They've all tried to do it, yeah. but they got crushed by Joe Biden's uh, popular votes. Yeah, but uh, like I'm really sad that Andrew Yang is. Not, I really wanted Andrew Yang to be the guy to uh, to do it. Like he, he you know, I was listening to his. Uh, his, uh, you know, I was, I was following on Twitter, and uh, you know, the fact that he's talking about, you know, like uh, most of the jobs going to be automated in in thirty years is like, and uh, you know, he's talking about that we need a technological approach to uh, uh, making a digital economy and things like that. And it's kind of like saying, yes, this is what we need, like, uh, and this is what politicians are talking about. He's talking about the next thirty years of uh, what this, uh, what this country is going, what this country is going to be like, and now here we are. Um, without this guy, and I really hope he's gonna. If Biden does win the election, I hope he's gonna end up in the administration somehow because they're gonna need him, I believe. And I think they're gonna need um, a, a lot of other people who are like Andrew Yang, I think, to uh, so to guide uh, Joe Biden through through the president. Keep this in mind. He's seventy-seven years old. Like you know, like yeah. he's he's a, he's a, he's a you know. Uh, if uh, whoever he picks as his VP, like uh, I hope it's someone that uh, is gonna, you know, if something happens to Joe Biden, I hope it's someone who can uh, take the reins pretty quickly and be able to do do what it is. Like, uh, I mean, who's being talked about by the VP at the minute? Like, uh, it's uh, I really hope it's not Klobuchar. Klobuchar will be terrible, I think, in regards yeah. to that. No one likes Klobuchar. Um, I mean, I, I heard like you know the names like Kamala Harris and I've heard names like uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren. I don't think Warren's gonna be. I don't think Warren's gonna be it. I don't think. I mean, just uh, it's going to be interesting to see who who he picks because it's going to give you a, kind of an idea of like what the inner thinking is going to be of this presidency in a way when Joe Biden just uh, can't seem to you know fathom uh, an opinion on something or anything like that because you know keep keep this in mind like um, I mean he is traditionally been a, a workhorse politician you know he was the he was the uh, one of the driving forces behind uh, the Obama presidency so you can't take that away from him but. Uh, in regards to like being president, president on his own and uh, holding his own in regard in regards to that, like uh, I don't know why I just I just get the feeling that he's not a safe but he's not an entirely safe pair of hands. He's 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 going to be back to um, a normal we once knew, you know, pre twenty sixteen before this craziness started with this Trump presidency. But uh, at the same time, it's it's a it's a world that a lot of people do really don't want to go back to. You know, like uh, it's a it's just a, it's a world that I think that people d- just aren't wanting at all. So, and this is the problem that's going to happen with the, um, the 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 momentum that comes out of the uh, the Black Lives Matter these uh, these you know the, these protests that are currently going on right now. I mean, like, there's no guarantee that those people who are currently protesting outside the White House, those people who are currently protesting out on every street corner pretty much across the United States of America, are all going to suddenly turn around and say, you know what, maybe I should vote for the guy who we had, you know, for the la- for the, the eight years before the Trump presidency who we feel has not done anything for us. You know, like, that's not a motivating factor for someone to go out and get rid of Donald Trump. I mean, like, for some people, it's like, I'd rather have somebody that I don't know what he's done, as opposed to somebody who has done something, but they've done a horrible job. Well, I mean, what, what, can we, what gleaming things can we say about Joe Biden that he did in the last day? I mean, besides winning the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is kind of like, 
for what reason besides being Obama's buddy? You know, like, uh, it's just, I think we need to have a, a very, uh, I think we need to have a pretty in-depth discussion about what Joe Biden actually did in the the eight years that he was there. Because a lot of the, well, the, these, uh, these younger potential Democrat voters are talking about, they're more on the side of the squad than they are on the side of, um, you know, anyone like Biden or anything like that, you know? Like, uh, I mean, if anything, they're just kind of like, they're probably the Democratic Party in waiting that's probably going to come in 2024 rather than what's going to come in 2020. Hmm. If anything. Well, yeah. I mean, again, I think that I'm sure we'll get to know more information regarding about them during the presidential election. But the one thing I want to say right before we we close this is that I saw a tweet from somebody the other day saying about, like, you know, um, Donald Trump had promised to build a wall to keep uh, foreigners away. He didn't do that, but instead he decided to build a wall around himself to keep his people away from him. Yeah. I just think, uh, I mean, uh, it's just it's, yeah, that's just where we are with the many people. And I just think uh, something serious. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, you know, you know who hides from you know groups of people somebody who did something wrong uh well and yeah it's more like uh, i mean in regards to they're showing like uh, you know people who like who have been hiding out in bunkers and he's like uh, hitler was the obvious one and uh, then there was saddam hussein and then there was like uh, you know mommy Mar- Mar- gaddafi you know like uh, all, all those uh, people and it's just it's uh yeah it's not a good look i'll definitely say that nope. but yeah um, anyway, let, let's move on to... I mean, we're still sticking with this guy. Why is he so fascinated with the military? Huh. I, I know that he was calling off German... Uh, you know, people... Uh, the military from Germany. Saying, come on back. And then there was, like, the National Guard. And then there was, like, various other militaristic people who is being surrounded by the Washington Monument and of the White House. I think the reason why is because he feels protected. Maybe so. But it's just, it's, uh, I think, if anything, some people have been suggesting maybe it was an election ploy. Like, you know, like he says, oh, I'm the, I'm the president of law and order, so what am I going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have army soldiers watch, walk around like, you know, uh, you know, up, two, three, four, you know, walking around people's streets, and then people will feel safe. You know, because uh, that's what's going to make people feel safe, feeling like they're in fucking Baghdad. You know, like, uh, rather than like, you know, what, you're going to, you're going to, you got a nice suburban neighborhood, you know, like, uh, the grass is growing and, you know, uh, the kids mowing the lawn and, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, everything just seems nice and normal. Yeah, let's have a fucking tank just go, just go drive down there, steering up all the pavements and uh, making, you know, uh, then having, like, random raids of your neighbor's houses to make sure that there's no terrorists, uh, you know, hiding around or any, like, you know, anti-government protesters or anything like that, you know? Yeah, that, that, that instills safety in your community. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're having your morning barbecue outside, uh, you know, at like two o'clock in the afternoon and you're enjoying the sun. And then all of a sudden you hear like planes flying above you and offsetting the birds chirping. Yeah. Did you see that? Like, uh, you know, when they were suppressing the protesters, one thing they did was they hovered helicopter. They did like a helicopter maneuver, which uh, was used in Iraq to uh, stop, you know, uh, um, civil dissent uh, going on during the occupation of the country. Oh really? Did you see that? Yeah, like that was that was a tactic that was used in Washington. Oh man. Yeah. Just. But it's dangerous, you know. It's like having this guy. So fascinating. By the way, he wants to have like a military parade on the on Independence Day. 
Why? Good question. Like, why? Why would you have that? Why would anybody want that? Because he's a strong man. He's a, he's, a, he's just a big pussy who wants to have a, he wants to march his uh, military soldiers around to uh, make himself look big and make you know uh, you know because um, and uh, maybe it goes back to what Stormy Daniel said about his penis. Maybe it's too small and mushroom shaped. Reason why he wants to probably walk around, walk those soldiers around to uh, make himself look big. You know. <sighs> This is not looking. This is not looking good. First of all, he's hunkering himself. He's bunkering himself into the White House, surrounded by a wall. And you know the reason why he's doing that so we can hide from his people. Then he's calling off all the militaristic people, saying, "Come on back and be along my side." Yeah, I mean all those th things about comparing, you know, him to various other, you know, rulers that were, you know, nowadays being called as dictators is like this isn't looking good. And by the way, there's a deadly virus outside, which, uh, you know, a lot of people are, you know, now going to be exposed to, and he has no idea what he's going to do about it. Totally unprepared yeah. for that. Yeah. You know, there's another thing about it as well. I'm not too actually sure if we actually plan to talk about this or not, but, uh, um, yeah, so look, uh, actually, no, I don't think actually, uh, I think if we get to a point where we have to bring it up, we will do, but, uh, um, there was some more anti-Trump, uh, ads that went viral. Uh, and so, so actually, while you get that up, actually, I will talk about this. So, so um, a lot of people are blaming these protests that are gonna it's gonna basically spread the coronavirus around. I wanna I wanna get, bring people back down to earth just for a second. The lockdowns that we were experiencing were doomed from the start. You know, like uh, these lockdowns were brought in far too early. Um, they completely ignored um, all the warnings that were going on across the world from the World Health Organization, even from China themselves about how awful this virus actually was and they didn't learn anything from even beyond the coronavirus they learned nothing from SARS and they learned nothing from the bird flu in regards to how deadly something and how uh, how uh, infectious something can be so you know the lessons were not learned from the get-go in regards to uh, getting this sorted out and so, um, of course, the lockdown was evidently going to end up breaking at some point. On top of that as well, they had no plan to figure out what they were going to do in cases of, you know, civil unrest or whether they were going to uh, be able to address some of the problems or whether they were going to be able to... Even the social distancing, here's the thing about this, and uh, the lockdowns and the social distancing themselves. You know, me and Patricia and various other people who uh, are doing this whole work-from-home um, you know, doing this all from home. By the way, me and Patricia have always, you know, done a podcast from home. That's a, so for us, it's, it's, a, it's, no, it's no real thing. It's a luxury that we've had, to say, yeah. to say the least. A lot of people around this, um, around my country and around the United States do not have that luxury. They are constantly with other people the entire time and are completely and utterly afraid of catching this virus. To the point where they're just going to say, fuck it, I'm going to get it anyway. So what's the point of me not being able to being locked down? Why don't I just go outside? You know, right. same situation in South Africa, same situation in various other countries where they have poor populations who cannot cope with this, cope with this virus. And uh, that's the problem with this um, with this pandemic is that it's affecting a lot of places where they just can't social distance and they can't lock people down. It's that's just the reality of it, and uh, it's unfortunate a lot of people don't see it, but that's the reality that's there. And uh, it's pretty easy to say, oh, just lock yourself in for two weeks when you've got some place to lock yourself into. A lot of people don't have that luxury. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so uh, sorry, babe. You want to say something? 
Yeah, I was just going to say, you remember those protests of, you know, people saying, you know, I want a haircut, I want to go out to the beach or something like that. And then you had like a nurse coming up by saying, all right, see you in two weeks. So, you know, there were protests on that and, you know, they were able to abide by them. But the protests of actual legit reason of, hey, you know, all these people are being killed off um, and all of these people were being unjustified, you know, by the government and by the police force. Oh, you know, they're troublemakers. Oh, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're the ones who are causing all this ruckus. They're going to be responsible for this because, you know, that's going to happen. Yeah. That. You know, the, the, the protests of people who want to see equality and they want to see justice, you know, for, you know, Black Lives Matter, they're going to be the ones blamed for spreading more of the virus, even though that, well, it was locked down even before it happened. Yeah. So um, that, that's our thoughts on that. But uh, let me take you back to the anti-Trump ads, because uh, one was brought out once again by the Lincoln Project. And by the way, these are conservative ads. <laughs> These aren't liberal ads, they're conservative ads. So, Patricia, do you want me to play the first one and we'll react to it? Okay. This is the story of a coward and a commander. The coward Trump dodged the draft. Jim Mattis led American troops for 40 years. While a frightened Trump hides from protesters in a deep bunker firing off tweets, Jim Mattis does what he's always done, leads. While Donald Trump angrily attacks, General Mattis' words deserve to be heard by every American. Donald Trump is the first president in my lifetime who does not try to unite the American people, does not even pretend to try. Instead, he tries to divide us. We know that we are better than the abuse of executive authority. We must reject and hold accountable those in office who would make a mockery of our Constitution. Militarizing our response, as we witnessed in Washington, D.C., sets up a conflict, a false conflict, between the military and civilian society. It erodes the moral ground that ensures a trusted bond between men and women in uniform and the society they are sworn to protect. Who do you trust, the coward or the commander? The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. Pretty hard hitting, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And again, it, they're not wrong. Yeah, it's just, and to keep this in mind as well, like, uh, the, this is, the, 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 they're circling around him like vultures. You know, like, uh, they, they are ready to pounce on Donald Trump, you know, come November. You know, they, they have no confidence in him whatsoever. And uh, it's like, you know, he's got to pull something out pretty big to get everyone back on side. And because uh, at the minute, like, um, he's behind in the polls. Um, he's got his own base kind of turning on on him. You know, the Republican Party is now starting to get kind of uh, shifty in regards to whether they actually want, if they're gonna, actually going to feel like they're going to be successful with Donald Trump. Uh, running in with, uh, you know, um, uh, an oncoming recession, uh, mass unemployment, and uh, chaos in the streets. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, uh, it, it's, look, it's looking pretty bleak for him, and now here you got these, uh, these, um, um, these ads now coming out, and uh, they, it's just circular, it just looks like this is a pretty bad situation for Donald Trump to be in uh, coming an election. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually saw this uh, tweet from a journalist 
who posted up articles for the last seven days of, you know, fires, riots, anger, bitterment, destruction, disappointment. And there, and he's basically saying, this is, uh, this, what ha- this is what happened. This is what's been happening over the last week. If you were to show somebody from 2016 that this was going to be the result of the presidency from Trump, nobody would have believed you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to find the other ad, actually, but uh, given the fact that we're actually running out of time a little bit already, because uh, we're already like 40 minutes in. So, like, uh, so, I mean, we'll leave it at that. I mean, like, uh, that's, that's the most striking one, I think, out of the ones that we've got. And uh, no doubt we're going to hear more very soon. So, like, uh, yeah, yeah, so that's... Uh, that's, you know, watch this space. It's going to uh, it's going to get far more interesting as we go along. So, um, by the way, um, just moving back to Washington D.C. Have you noticed that uh, during these protests, that the people who have been securing them have actually been um, they're unmarked officers? So um, they've been pictures currently going around um the on on twitter of uh of, i don't know what you can really call them i mean i guess you can just call them like uh, just officers that you don't know if they're mm. part of the secret service you don't know if they're part of the military police you don't know if they're part of the um the fbi or the cia you know for what organization they're from but they're basically just they have no markings on them whatsoever and they're basically they're just holding shields and holding you know batons and things like that nobody knows who they are and that's a pretty creepy aspect when you really think about it. Like you have a very, you have a group of people who are unidentifiable, who are going around, you know, beating, arresting, and uh, you have nobody you can really hold accountable to for any, um, you know, any, cr- you know, any crimes that they, uh-huh. they could be going to. And so that, in a way, you know, this is what makes gives me so much, uh, you know, admiration for people who stand out in in these issues because like to face that kind of threat and uh to know that you may never anything that happens to you out there you may never get accountability for you know like or maybe even get justice for you know on top right. of the, the fact that you're fighting for the existing you know, the existing just injustices that are currently taking place right now like it, it, it gives me a lot of respect it gives me a lot of uh you know, I, I do become very worried about people who are currently going out there right now when you're confronting uh, somebody who you do not know who they are and you don't know what they're about. And you, for all you know, they could just be just high, you know, private mercenaries who have just come just to, uh, you know, uh, or you don't know if they're, you, don't, you just don't know who they are. You, you don't know what yeah. what's going on. Like, it, it's scary. Yeah, it is. At least. So, but, uh, yeah. I, mean, I hope somewhere down the line we're going to find out who these people are because... You know, you can't have people going out unmarked, and you don't know who. You know, like uh, it's just it's uh, and just brandishing weapons. It's just it's um, it's just it's uh, it's it's a it's a creepy thing to look at, and it, it does creepy. it doesn't it doesn't instill um it doesn't instill any confidence in me about what's going on down there. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there was some, we're just going back to the protests in the UK. So I don't know if you saw this, Patricia, but, um, so there was violence at these protests, but I'm going to go on a whim here and say that it was not these protesters fault. Okay. Uh, How's okay. Well, there is video currently being circulated where, um, police officers in the UK decided to use their mounted division to charge at the protesters. Oh, wow. 
So, and here's what happened here, they charged, but guess what, they only charged down the road. Now, I don't know about you, Patricia, but you know with every road, there's always like a sidewalk or a pavement? So guess yeah. what the protesters did when they charged? What? They walked around the horses. What a concept. Yeah, and you know what? You know, they walked around the horses, and they guess what? When they finally reached the end of their charge, at the very end of the road, the protesters all surrounded them and got very angry at them. Mm -hmm. And gee, I don't kind of blame them if you were charging, you know, very, you know, animals that could potentially, if you, if you get uh, uh, trodden on by a horse, you could potentially be killed. You know, like, so I can't blame a lot of people to be, to be angry at that type of situation to uh, take place. But, uh, so, um, you know, you look at that and you think, oh, wow. Like, of course they're going to get angry and get pissed off about what just happened. Oh, by the way. Um, one of the officers ended of the Manson Division ended up in hospital after colliding with a traffic signal. <sighs> so they okay. charged the horses at the at, down the road, and at the very end of the road, there's a traffic signal, and that person, and that uh, poor po that police officer, or not poor police officer, I, I don't know, what, I don't know the whole circumstances about it, but uh, from what I can see, from what I could see, um, collided with the traffic signal and got impaled on it, and then fell off the horse. Wow. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, um, there needs to be an investigation about it. No doubt about that. By the way, there, there's a footage of actually the protesters actually going to the aid of this police officer and helping her up. Well, that's nice. I mean, exactly. at least they're, they're, at least there's not like, oh, oh no, you know, no, no, the no, protest Patricia, but the, 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 the mainstream media narrative needs to be that these people are thugs and that they're criminals and that they need to be uh, beaten up by the police. That's the narrative that uh, the, uh, the media wants you to go with. Not the fact that these people are, like, uh, kind and peaceful and just want to be not treated in a racist way. You know, like, uh, no, nothing like that. No, but apparently according to our Prime Minister and according to various other people that uh, these are basically just a, a... It's all but a bunch of thuggery, apparently. Which, you know, after I heard, after I heard Bojo, Bojo the Clown, uh, Boris Johnson, say that, I thought that is probably the worst way you could potentially describe this because a lot of black people uh, do consider the word thug as a racist term towards them. Sure. Yeah. Especially if it's specifically towards them, which anybody can be. And by the way, uh, Boris Johnson has in, the, has in the past been accused of being racist himself. So, oh. yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> Not at all. Great, yeah. just just wonderful. Yeah, so, well, you know, like uh, for everyone who got hurt in that uh, situation, we really wish them well. And uh, absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, if anyone there was genuinely violent against the police, and by the way, there was actually evidence that there actually was, you know, uh, uncalled for behavior by some protesters, you know, yelling at them and stuff like that. But you know, like uh, you know, police put up with a lot of abuse of that, and so like for me, it'd be kind of like, well, you know. Um, why is it okay for when the police have to deal with some guy who's, you know, drunk off his face and uh, they just, uh, you know, all of a sudden, like, uh, they have to deal with that situation and then people just turn around and say, oh, you know, well, that's what the police deal with, you know, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, a, a, a black protester goes up to a police officer and yells about how he, you know, how he's had, you know, racial injustice uh, put towards him and all of a sudden that guy's a thug and all of a sudden that police officer is a hero. I, I don't understand that. I really don't. <sighs> but that's just me. Yeah. Um, okay. 
uh, moving on to something else. Um, so the actually we did actually say we were going to talk about this and that, that uh, the Black Lives Matter protest will create the second wave of the coronavirus. And I, again, I said like just before, the lockdown um, just shows that the failure of it showed it was doomed from the start anyway. And now that the fact that they're coming out of lockdown too early in my opinion. Like, here's the thing about this, the the cases are still going up. Yeah, they're not going up as much as they were before, but they're still going up. And here's another thing about this as well, which I think is really, really stupid of our government. Um, the UK right now is counting the amount of cases, but is not counting the amount of people who recover from the virus. So, we have no idea what's going on as far as I'm concerned. And that, oh, by the way, and also we're supposed to have like this track and trace, which is like a quote unquote world beating as well. While South Korea have had like had it for like for months. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, like this whole thing has been, has been botched big time. And so now there's going to be. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, Aaron. It wasn't just botched. I mean, from the sounds of it, what you were just describing, it's been careening over towards a cliff, set on fire, exploded. Pieces are scrambling around with little explosions. And then rain came down, which was acid rain. And then it exploded some more. And then the ashes are spread over to pieces. And then it blew into the wind. And then people are choking through it. And then people are, like, gasping for air. And people, you know, they were able to cough it out. And then it spread more into the wind. And then it just, like, faded away until it was nothing and then satan came from uh, the depths of hell and uh, said he was going to reign for two thousand years which uh, you know it's kind of like well boris johnson will kind of been any worse how can satan be any better you know any worse than that you know but oh, uh, uh, i don't know that's uh yeah it's just it's uh i mean the second wave was inevitable uh, so and it's gonna happen and uh you know here's the thing about this i i don't take any i don't take any by the way anyone who thinks i take any pleasure out of that is a fucking sick sick in the head i don't take any pleasure out of these people dying whatsoever i was I, i'm absolutely angry at the fact that we're now what a hundred thousand over a hundred thousand people dead in the united states of america over nearly sixty thousand dead in the in the uk at the minute like uh, this this is a cr- this is criminal what what has taken place and I guarantee you, no one will be held accountable for it. At uh-huh. all. Like, all the people who, like, uh, made the complete wrong moves uh, will, uh, will, will will go get off Scott 3 for it. I guarantee you that, even if he's even proven that there was actually negligence in this whole situation. You know? All right. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh, by the way, one one in one of these protests uh, in Philadelphia. Um, here's the thing: this is how peaceful these protests actually are. The the media will tell you that, so oh, there's like violence and things like that, which is being done by a small minority of these protesters. But and guess what happened in the one of the protests uh, over at Philadelphia? Um, wasn't it the one that was like kneeling for nine minutes? No, there was a wedding. Oh. <laughs> oh, then I must have been—I must have confused it with something else. I—I I know that there was one protest where they just kneeled for nine minutes, and then I think that even the police joined along. Well, um, there was uh, some kneeling going on for nine minutes by the Democrats, built by Nancy Pelosi. But to be quite honest with you, I'd rather them kind of like you know put legislation forward to kind of like deal with the police rather than just kind of like kneeling around looking like a chess set. But, uh, I mean, that's just me. But, uh, you know, the fact that some of these protests have been so peaceful that this can break out into a celebration of love and a celebration of unity 
and uh, a another holy union, uh, you know, between two people, like in the like this most special day of their lives. You know, that, that's that's how peaceful some of these protests actually are. Like something like that can can take place. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. get the name of the couple actually, but you know, congratulations to the happy couple for uh, absolutely for that. congratulations. I'm uh, really well. In a way, I'm kind of uh, happy that you managed to get together, but at the same time, sorry that that might have been how not how you kind of your your marriage was going to plan out. So uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I know that, you know, they probably wanted to have, like, a nice wedding surrounded by family, but, you know, churches are closed and everybody has to stay home. But, you know, being surrounded by, you know, a bunch of strangers fighting for justice, it's like, I guess that's the next best thing. Mm-hmm. So, babe, um, I think uh, we, you and I know what we're going to do. Uh, I think uh, when uh, <laughs> we're only tied the knot, I think, uh, yeah, so... Uh, Okay, so I don't know whether we want to do the uh, the anti-capitalist march or whether we do an Occupy protest uh, for the wedding venue or, uh, I mean, like... We're, uh, we're, we're, obviously, Aaron, we're doing... We're going to be married in front of the protests that are trying to free the, you know, Hispanic people from being locked up in cages at the center. I mean, we talked about this years ago. Yeah, I, I, I think the Southern border would be kind of expensive, though. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, actually, uh, but with everybody being gone, I think that we can get it for a cheap oh, price. God, but... By the way, just uh, you know, my heart goes out to uh, the uh, the people currently stuck on the southern border right now. Like, uh, and some of that as well. Like, you know, the Mexican government are actually now uh, starting to deport people back to Central America. And, yeah, I uh, know. Right now. Yeah, which uh, is is stupid because like uh, there is. is the reason why they're fleeing that situation is because of the criminal and the corruption and everything else which is wrong with that side of the world right now. That's what's pushing all of this. I mean, like, I, I don't get this whole idea of pushing down on something that's just going to keep constantly pressing back up again. Well, do you think, think the Central America's going to sort itself out? Like, they're, they're, in an, they're in absolute dire straits right now. And, you know, El Salvador is a, is a violent place to be. And, it is. Uh, yeah, and all the other places aren't so great to be in there anymore. And they're not, they're not going to change overnight. Even Mexico itself is violent. So like, and by the way, they're having a torrid time dealing with that virus too, as well. So, what they think? What the hell they're thinking that you know all these people? Are, you know, you're just gonna treat them so badly that no one's gonna want to come up there anymore. You are completely missing the fucking point mm. of what's going on in that area. But uh, oh, yeah. by the way, um, so moving on, um, uh, you know, you know, bicycle Biff. Uh, the guy who was uh, found to have uh, been punching miners, or no, not punching miners, but like, you know, shoving them around and stuff like that, and uh, uh, ramming a bike into one of them. Um, he was in Maryland, and uh, they finally found him, and uh, he they arrested him, and uh, but also before, well, actually, I think amongst of all that, he did apologize for what he did. Mm. So uh, well, yeah. okay, okay, so that was that. Um, did you see the um, segment with Tucker Carlson on Fox News? No, um, I have not. No, I don't think most people watch Fox News anyway on the show who watch our show. But uh, basically, what he did was he he pretty much did like a um, a Mortal Kombat kind of like reel of like um, celebrities who have like donated to the Minnesota Freedom Fund and uh, also other causes where. Uh, protesters have been arrested, and basically, they what they do is uh, they pay their bail their bail bonds, if you will, to uh, so they basically can can get out and uh, sort their court dates out and everything like that. So um, a lot of celebrities um, 
donated to that. And Tucker Carlson basically did like a a a, um, a roll call of like all the celebrities who have done that whilst ranting about how you know violent uh, these uh, these things were, not realizing that his words could be twisted around to say that so they could also be aimed at the police. By the way, they've kind of like treated oh, protesters no. and things like that. Oh, it's just it's uh, it was so hilarious. And uh, is Tucker Carlson even self aware of like the way people make fun of him online? Like, uh, I, I'd really be intrigued if, uh, I mean, the one thing I'll notice if uh, it does come around that he is aware of how people make fun of him on Twitter and social media and stuff like that, if he starts mentioning it on the show. Like, do you remember that episode of Teen Titans Go when uh, they started making fun of, like, people who were, like, uh, criticizing them online? Like, yeah. Do, do you remember that? Yeah. Like, if we see an episode of Tucker Carlson on Fox News, which basically does that, you know, we'll, we'll know that he's listening. In a way, and, uh... You know, it might be like the worst episode he's ever going to do of his show, probably imagine, because then all the Fox News executives are going to realize that he's just a laughing stock, and then they'll probably get rid of him. <laughs> like it. He was crazy when he had a bow tie on. He's crazy when he has a tie on now. So, uh, yeah. Um, finishing off, uh, I believe we're talking about. Oh yeah, finishing off. There's something that isn't coronavirus, and something that isn't Black Lives Matter. It's uh. And this is trans rights now. And uh, do you see what J.K. Rowling tweeted out? Um, uh, no, I I haven't. I, I haven't. I haven't really been on a lot of social media lately, other than just like posting up my stuff. So I haven't seen what's been going on. Yeah, this is another situation where J.K. Rowling just cannot keep her mouth shut, and uh, it's just it's uh, so she tweeted out some stupid stuff about uh, um, about how her about her um, experiences of being female. And uh, she tweeted like a few other things out as well, and uh, it's just it's uh, but you know in a way it's not more about what she tweeted out. It's just kind of like just more the essence of like why do people like J.K. Rowling do this to themselves? Kind of like you know like um, you were the author of Harry Potter, like you you know yeah okay I get you have opinions on certain things, but there comes a certain time where you really need to kind of, like, read the room and decide that this is not a debate to kind of bring up right now in regards to this. And so, um, J.K. Rowling decided that uh, she was going to do that. I'm going to see if I can actually kind of uh, find some of the, uh, um, the, um, you know, it's amazing, like, when you, you know, when you're searching through, uh, uh, Twitter, that uh, they have like wrong spellings of people's names. For yeah, that. I, I, I it, it's that. actually funny because I remember, you know, all the things that she was mentioning. I think I remember somebody was saying about like, oh, you know, J.K. Rowling, you know, said something about like, oh, you know, um, you know, that Dumbledore and Grindelwald, you know, they were gay to each other and they had a relationship, even though it was never written in a book, as opposed to like something like Captain Underpants, in which at the end of the story, Harold was gay. So it's like, oh, you know, J.K. Rowling doesn't put her money where her mouth is. And then there was also the talks about, like, um, you know, like, all the stupid things that was added into, like, various, um, you know, bits that are canon in Harry Potter. Like, about the sorting hat and about various uh, things that wizards do or something like that. Which, okay, it's weird, but I didn't think it was, like, offensive. But, you know, I, I mean, now that you're telling me about, like, oh, she said something about, like, trans rights or something like that. It's like, oh, great. Yeah. You know, tell me we're going that yeah, direction. it's just as far as I'm concerned, it's like it's a, it's just just don't cross those lines. For you know, in regards to that, like uh, all you're gonna do is um, oh, hang on a second, I think I've got it here. It's uh, 
Um, so the tweet that she put out was, uh, if sex isn't real, there's no same-sex attraction. If sex isn't real, the livid reality of women globally is erased. I know and love trans people, but erasing the concept of sex removes the ability to meaningfully discuss their lives. Uh, it isn't uh, hate to speak the truth. And to which is kind of like, um, what the hell prompted this? I got nothing. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, as far as I'm concerned, it's just like, you know, if you don't want these types of problems, don't get yourself involved in them. I mean, what's the significance of J.K. Rowling talking about, um, talking about stuff like this? Why are we... I don't know. I mean, like, I don't think any of her characters from either the Harry Potter books or any of the books that she's written under the name of Robert Braithliff, I don't think, I don't think none of them are trans as far as I know. Um, I I don't know... I mean, I don't know if any of her colleagues or family members are trans or, I mean, I don't know if she's, I I know that she usually stands up for causes like Lumos, uh, which helps out uh, people who are in orphanages or who have mistreatment for people who are homeless or are living in horrible conditions where she tries to get them um, assistance and help and better homes and better living quarters. I, I, I understand about that. I know that, you know, she started that organization a few years ago. I know that she is a huge advocate for MS because her mother passed away from that. So I understand all of that. And and if she is one of those people who said, like, you know, trans rights are human rights and, you know, anybody, um, you know, who is, uh, you know, hating on trans people, you know, they they shouldn't because they're people just like us. It's like, okay, sure. But if she's saying something, like, really dumb, it's like, you know, oh, trans people are not that. It's like, you're, you know, you're a man if you're a man or you're a woman if you're a woman. You know, the way you're born. It's like, don't do that, please. Just, I mean, this is why people complain online. It's like, you know, actors, actresses, and people in the entertainment business should just stick to what they know and don't get involved in politics. And, you know, this is one of the reasons why. Yeah, but it's like, it's just, I'm sure there's going to be those people out there saying like, you know, oh, well, J.K. Rowling's entitled to her freedom of speech and her freedom of expression and stuff like that. It's kind of like, yeah, I'm entitled to throw my, I have the freedom to throw myself down the stairs. I don't mean, it doesn't mean I do it. You know, like, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, just stop shaking, doing- Rowling, just stop saying stupid shit. I'm just, just, you know, like, uh, people want to remember Harry Potter fondly, and uh, they probably will remember Harry Potter fondly still, but won't remember you very fondly. You know, look what happened to Father Ted. You know, no one speaks about the guy who made it anymore, for obvious reasons. Yeah, like, one of the comments that I received from the Father Ted podcast when I eventually posted it up on YouTube, because, as I mentioned before, any new episode of my podcast goes up into Anchor first. So, when I the day that we posted up that um, episode of Father Ted, I'm just going to read off the, the quote, uh, the comment that uh, the person said. Uh, shout out to Hamstercom23, who what said... What a name. Yes, uh, well, uh, it's very unique, I'll have to say that. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, now, if only Graham Lenham hadn't turned out to be a complete next-level asshole, he let his adoration he got for the show go to his head, and it shows. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like, they're not going to remember fondly of the person who created it, and, uh, you know, because the person turned out to be a scumbag. You know, we can say, like, we can pretty much just go a list of, like, various authors and show creator creators who said something really dumb or had done something horrible, and their shows are still beloved. I mean, I even know people who said, oh, um, it was done by this guy, I'm never going to watch it, it's automatically awful because this person was in- involved with it, which, 
I, I can understand where you're coming from. It's like if a, per, if a person was hugely involved with the creation or the direction or the writing of a movie or a TV show or a documentary or anything like that, I can understand that some people would have like kind of like a stigma or like very awkward and uncomfortable or even a hatred for the project, even though they don't know anything about it because one person was involved in it. But you have to understand that there are a lot of other people who are not a part or who are not scumbags that were a part of it as well. As somebody who is, you know, I'm going over to college, getting a broadcast journalism major and who's been involved with a lot of media projects. I am surrounded with a team of, uh, you know, people who do lighting, camera work, um, sound, directing, producing, um, all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, if one person is a jerk, it does affect things, yes, but you also have to look into, like, a bigger picture than just one person. Oh, it's, like, awful. But, yes, it's true that, you know, with J.K. Rowling's case, in which, like, she is mostly responsible for, you know, the writing of the books. That's true. That's where the source material comes from. So it's kind of hard to kind of, like, remove that dictation. But, you know, for a lot of other things, um, maybe you would be able to enjoy some parts of, you know, the book because, you know, a lot of other people were also involved in it. I mean, you know, unless, of course, it was the case in which, like, one person was involved with, like, the idea of everything ever, which that's really hard to do. I mean, everybody's involved, uh, has an inspiration with something. So, yeah, I mean, like, just bottom line, I mean, like, just be, be careful when it comes to saying, I don't like this project. I'll never support it because of this one person. And, um, you know, if, if it's like really bad in which like a group of people were involved in it and you and it just like sickens you, justifiable, stay away from it. But yeah, just uh, just, uh, you know, be careful with what you say and in, involves in like, you know, this person is the worst and I can't I can't support this. But yeah, there are some there are going to be some moments in which you're like, please don't say anything. It's just going to make you look bad. Yeah. Um, so, and by the way, I, I think, uh, everyone does know, I think, uh, Patricia is, uh, a very good, uh, student in the broadcast journalism as well. So, uh, I think, uh, and, <laughs> I, I try, uh, I try. And, and I think we'll do some of the training right now. So, uh, just give me one second. <clears throat> Hello, Patricia, it's Donald J. Trump. Are you ready to do your interview with me? Okay, well, Mr. Trump, I just want to ask you some various questions about what's going on in this country. So what are your thoughts on all the protests that have been going on over the past few weeks with the in, um, involvement of Mr. George Floyd's passing because of police brutality? Well, I've been very distracted because of Ivanka, and I saw if I, she was not my daughter, I'd be dating her. She's really hot. Uh, Mr. Trump, we're, we're getting a little bit off topic. We're talking about the protests that are going on. No, no, don't interrupt me, Patricia. You're fake news. I am very bigly. I will beat Joe Biden in 2020. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, I think that's enough of that, but... Uh... Yeah, uh, so, yeah, so, I really want to end this on a positive point, actually, rather than all the stuff we've been talking about, but uh, I guess you could say it's the Sonic Hedgehog movie was trending today. Uh, so. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I think because of the the sequel that has been confirmed to be coming out. Oh, well, that was inevitable, wasn't it? You know, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, we mentioned this in the first episode of In Search of the Crystal Skull, that 
we saw the end credits and we saw that little teaser. It's like, yeah, they're going to do a sequel of this. Exactly. Unless, yeah. of, cor- unless of course, it went on the route of the Super Mario Brothers movie or The Last Airbender in which, like, oh, they're teasing of something that is to come. And then, like, 20 years later, it's like it never happened. It makes me wonder, like, you know, is this going to be, is this Sonic the Hedgehog now going to be, like, a, a movie franchise now? Like, is he going to move away from the game? I mean, let me simply say this. The way the games have turned out, besides Sonic Mania, like, if they turned around and said, you know what, we're making far too much money making Sonic movies, let's just move away from games and let's just turn this, let's just just expand the cinematic universe, I'd be all for it, I think, at this mm-hmm. point. Like, That's uh, actually really interesting. I haven't thought of that. I mean, like, Pokemon, they did really well with Detective Pikachu, but yet they're still making games. I haven't heard anything about a movie other than... Uh, the Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution that came out on Netflix. You know, so. you can, you, Nintendo's a monster compared to Sega now. Like, you know, even Sega's developing for, for Nintendo consoles. Like, okay, fair know, enough. I, I just think it will be, a, I think it, it will be surprised me if they kind of like turn around and said, yeah, I mean, we're still going to be a game company, but we're just going to be like a massive movie franchise now. And then Disney will basically let's, buy them out, you. and then that'll be the end of that. But so, yeah, like, <laughs> um, so I mean, here's the thing about this. So they do the next movie with Tails, and let's say they do the next movie with Knuckles the Echidna. And then, obviously, uh, we we know the movie. We'll basically know that the movie franchise has gone bad when they get to Shadow. Oh boy, when they get to Shadow! <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. I am edgy because I'm black. <laughs> okay, we're we're not gonna go there. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, that's all a bit of fun for the end of the show, but, uh, I mean, I hope everyone can appreciate why we're taking such a serious tone with things right now, just because of things that are currently going on, and, uh, you know, like, if we get, um, you know, justice for um, a lot of people who have basically feel like uh, they have been really unjust by the system, and uh, if we can if we can do that, and if we can be part of this whole, uh, you know, the, the, this whole thing that's going on right now, I feel like I could look back on it and say, hey, we talked about this and uh, we uh, stood in support of it and uh, we uh, managed to, you know, make some positive change. And at least I can turn around to future generations and say, hey, there's an episode of the Arameta show where we did talk about this stuff and we weren't afraid to express ourselves. You know? Yeah. And if you remember, I mean, over the past few years, we did that when there was talks about like the Internet being censored and look what happened. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was uh, we, we turned things, you know, I would say that the arrow messenger turned this around. Obviously not. You know, we were, I, I just feel like we needed to be a part of this in a way. So um, I'm really glad you guys are still sticking on board. And uh, yeah, and we'll definitely keep you guys informed of what basically all that's going on. So. Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. And uh, if you're listening to this episode, wherever you are, um, please give us a uh, follow on Twitter at Arrow Show. Uh, Paddy is at uh, Paddy underscore B underscore Miranda on Twitter. And uh, also follow the Arrow Show on... Well, mind you, I'm not going to be on Facebook as much now. I think I'm going to be spending more time on Twitter because Twitter seems to be where it's at right now. So, but yeah. uh, if you want to ask me a question about anything, you can still find me on Tumblr. It's uh, aaronmeta.tumblr.com. And also, uh, while my Instagram's been pretty dead too, I'll still say Aaron Meta Show as well for Instagram too. So, but that's it, everybody. Take care, stay safe, and uh, yeah, we will see you next week. All right, see you later. <laughs>